You've read or heard or preached the scripture this week. Now what? Join me, Pastor Carissa, and my colleague, Pastor Alan, as we explore the spaces between the Sundays in our podcast, Soft Idolatry. Welcome to Soft Idolatry, Season 4, Episode 6. Carissa, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. This is a busy week for me logistically, but I am not preaching on Sunday. My student intern is preaching Sunday, so I've got a little extra wiggle room that I don't always have. Nice. I I am actually a little bit busier because, (laughs) joy, 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 there was a fire next to the church, not at the church, but next to the church. And uh, so, so I'm dealing with some relatively minor, but not completely insignificant damage and all of the ripple effects from stuff, from stuff. And, you know, this is, this is Entry number 13 in They Don't Teach You in Seminary. (laughs) That is the truth. There is so much. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, um, lest anyone in the seminary world be listening to this and think that this is two pastors bashing that we should have had more seminary education. Like, there's only so much y'all can get to in that amount of time. And if you had a whole class on what to do when windows blow out from a fire next door, you would be wasting a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, the 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 short answer is show up. Right. Get your ass to the church, talk to people, be seen, help out any way that you can, knowing that most of the time somebody is more skilled to deal with the uh, physical plant than you are. Note, some pastors are skilled with tools. I am not one of them. <laughs> Know which congregation member has the phone number for your window guy. That's the the short story on that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but you know, don't don't be the last to know if you're the pastor. Yes. And encourage <laughs> people to tell you first. Don't let you be the last person to know. Please, please, please. Yes. Um, my property chair was a little little surprised when I called him before he could call me. But, you know, there was somebody who, there is someone who lives closer to the church and she knew and was on the scene. And uh, I was there within half an hour of getting the call. Uh, but yeah, the bottom line is, uh, half of life is being there. So be there. Yes, that is, that is very true. Very true. There should just be a class called in seminary called being there. That is one thing maybe we, we think should be added to the curriculum. I don't know what that looks like. Well, I think it's part of pastoral care and and I do think we got, we got decent, better than decent instruction on that. Uh, I will. I, I will I will say I think we were well taught in that subject, but uh, it it's ministry of presence in a different context. Yeah. So um, this relates. It's going to sound sometimes I sound like I'm going off track, but it's usually still there. Uh, a couple of friends and I have a there's three of us total have a group text chat that we check in with each other, and we've we've gotten good lately about. Um, taking the temperature of the room before we send a crass joke that might step on somebody's toes or, you know, just like make, if we haven't heard from one of the others in a while, check in, like, are you okay? Or are you going down one of those pandemic uh, spirals of doom? And uh, 
today one of them just texted the other two of us and said okay guys just checking in what's bringing you joy today and I really appreciated that question. I immediately looked down. I got these new boots recently that I've been eyeing up online for a very long time. They're called Incas and they look like, you know, like brown boots, but then they have like these brightly colored sloths and monkeys on the side, which is really fun and brings me joy right now. So um, that was such a nice check-in. So I, I would love to extend that question to you as we're, we're here right now, Alan. What is bringing you joy in the midst of broken windows and fire alarms? What is bringing you joy? Uh, light in the darkness. Um, light more. at the end of the tunnel. So I was notified last week that I have qualified for a grant through a program in the Presbyterian Church called... Uh, Presbyterian Church USA, called Healthy Pastors, Healthy Congregations. And they administer a grant that comes uh, courtesy of the Lilly Endowment. And this will be, for me, um, a $10,000 grant that will be used to retire some of my seminary debt. That is fantastically joyful news. That's a really big deal. Oh yes, it is. It's huge. Uh, this takes about a third takes away about a third of the debt that I owe, and I, I'll, I'll tell you, it really dealing with this small mountain of debt, this hill of debt. Let's say because I know I know a lot of people have. Uh, have dealt with or are dealing with much more student debt than I have. Um, but it still felt like it was going to be forever until I was released from captivity, uh, released from the prison of debt. And, you know, it was looking like 2026 or 2027 that I would get out of this. But the whole time I would be paying something like, $460 a month. And uh, now it's looking like a lot less time in debt. Um, it, it's going to make it easier. Uh, at, a, at a minimum, I've probably cut it in half. And I, and I, and I realize those of you who are good at arithmetic are about to say, wait, if you cut the debt by a third, how can that reduce your payoff time by half? And the answer is that as you strategically pay down higher interest loans, you actually get the debt retired more quickly, uh, which I will have the ability to do without having well, with with this grant. Um, and in the process of applying for this grant, I also learned of some other debt educational debt assistance programs through the Board of Pensions of the Presbyterian Church, and I will be pursuing those in the near future. So realistically, I could be out of jail in a couple of years, which uh, I'm not completely free, but I have a lot of joy knowing that parole is not far off. Hmm. So that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for those of you who are clergy within the PCUSA, would be Pastor Allen's 
uh, plug for the Board of Pensions Healthy Pastors Program. If you were wondering if it's legit or a scam, it's legit. And it has brought this pastor, if anyone from the Board of Pensions is listening today, <laughs> it has brought this this pastor friend of mine great joy <laughs> today. That's Healthy Pastors, Healthy Congregations. Healthy pastors, healthy congregations. Excellent. Well, I am, I am very happy for you. And you know, you use the the very Adventy uh, theme of a light in the darkness. So you're paying attention to our our scriptural themes, which you know one would hope that you as a, as a pastor are doing right now. And um, you know, we're walking through this season of finding. The joy in the midst of the waiting or the suffering or the waiting in the suffering, but finding the joy, finding the light. And one of the ways that we tend to do that during this season is tradition. In fact, I think that's maybe one of the reasons that this season is so tradition uh, reliant, you know, is tradition bound, perhaps tradition bound. Yeah. um, Traditional lie. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Traditiony. How about that? Um, this Advent is traditiony, and I th- I think that that is why. Because when we talk about joy, um, uh, we think about times that we have had joy and kind of try to recreate them. Um, and so uh, it's just like, what are some of those joyful Advent or Christmas seasons that you can think of, or traditions in those that? have brought you joy well a a few things um when when i was a kid um most years uh my dad would come to uh, the church that we belong to first presbyterian church of washington pa uh or as they call themselves first church 1793 and he would show up at the Christmas Eve worship service outside the church and he would play his bagpipes and he would pipe the worshipers out of the church and then he would parade through parts of Washington and East Washington and spread some Christmas cheer. Uh, He would, my mother and sometimes I would go to a party at the home of one of the choir members And so my dad would, you know, work his way to that house at the beginning of the evening. Then he'd parade through East Washington. And then (laughs) Christmas Eve would usually end at another family friend's, uh, one of my dad's artist buddies. And uh, he would uh, finish up the night at at that house. And, of course, for him, there was lots of Christmas cheer on the way. And sometimes those Christmas Eves had a much later ending for him than for uh, for my mother and me. But uh, those were always uh, just a, a truly great time. Uh, I, I often had, um, as I said in my sermon this past Sunday, uh, I always had at least one of my grandmothers with me on Christmas Day. And in later years, both was having both of them was common. Um, there would often be a trip to Philly to see my mother's uh, mother and sister. Um, and then after college, it, it was more common for my aunt and grandmother from Philly 
to come to Western Pennsylvania. And, you know, most of the time it was the six of us, me and my aunt, my parents, and both of my grandmothers. And uh, that was always really, really, really special. Though I, as I got older, you know, into my early 30s, I realized that it was coming to an end. And uh, it just made me really sad. And I will tell you, mm that Christmas has not been the same for the last 15 years. Mm. Yeah, those those changes can really impact the way that we see the season. And it's always rosier through the eyes of a child, too, yeah. I think. It's always rosier through the eyes of memory to begin with, but through the eyes of a child, yeah. Um, I, when I was a kid, one of my, well, I had two favorite Christmas traditions um one was you know I was a preacher's kid and we would walk across the street to the church and all our Christmas Eve dresses it was just my sister and I um and go to the service and we'd we'd sing the carols and say Merry Christmas to everyone in our church family and sing Silent Night holding our our candles and we would walk home and there would be a gift hanging on the door and it always said from Santa, but we always knew it was from um, the A's at church. And uh, and then we would make mom and dad relight the candles at home and sing Silent Night again around our Christmas tree at home because we really wanted to do that part of the tradition again. And we would go to bed and my sister and I would have our stacks of board games and books to read in my bedroom because mine was the closest to the end of the hallway into the living room. And so we knew we weren't allowed to get up before like six or seven or whatever it was on Christmas morning. So at like three or four in the morning when we both woke up and couldn't get back to sleep again, my sister would come down the hallway into my room and we would play like Monopoly or Life or whatever until it was time that we were allowed to come out of my room to go to go get our presents um the other the other tradition that always stood out for me was we would when we decorated our christmas tree it was a big deal it was more than just the tree it was the entire house top to bottom every room and every decoration had its place in the house and we would blast the best christmas album in existence now uh, there's like one or two other albums I'll, I'll i'll let be on par with this one but do you do you know which one it is i may have mentioned it before that I, I don't recall no it is john denver and the muppets of christmas <laughs> together uh okay. hands down the best <laughs> okay as as a child from the 70s i can i can get behind that yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss Piggy singing Five Golden Rings. There's nothing better than that. And um, and so every year we would do that. We would sing along with it as we decorated. We know every song in that album by heart. And when my parents divorced, when my sister and I were teenagers, and we came back uh, this way to Pittsburgh, and it was just mom and Sarah and I in the house, we still did that. That was a tradition that still really mm. stayed um, part of our, our flow. So, you know, fast forward a little while to when I was an adult and had my own family and was trying to uphold that tradition of let's decorate the house, let's make it beautiful. We're going to listen to John Denver and the Muppets while we decorate the tree. It's going to be fantastic. Every decoration will have its place. And every year, 
I kid you not, it would wind up with everybody like wandering off when the tree was half decorated and nothing else was out and the boxes were still empty and strewn everywhere. And I would be like sadly drinking a glass of wine while finishing (laughs) decorating the tree. And I realized one year, uh, probably five or 10 years ago at this point, that it was sucking the joy out of it for me. I was trying so hard to recreate that that joy mm. that I had yeah. as a kid singing along with Kermit and Miss Piggy and John Denver that it was eating my joy now Yeah, because I, I couldn't have that. I, I so get where you're coming from with that. Um, it, it's been... It's been one of my ongoing issues. I, I mean, I, I hear that story from the pre-divorce times and, and even the post-divorce times for, for you and your sister and decorating the whole house. And I think, oh my God, what a production. It was <laughs> such a production. And and <laughs> I, I, you know, we are recording this on December 7th and I still have not put up a tree and I only have a small tree. I've done zero decorating. And it often feels like more of an effort than I have the energy to accomplish. And I think that part of that, it, for me, is just the memory of Christmas past. And perhaps because I don't have kids and I don't have new traditions, I'm not focused on the present it makes it so much easier to be focused on christmas past rather than christmas right now and rather than joy right now so i mean yeah i've got ten thousand reasons why i can focus on joy right now this year (laughs) but you know that's that's the thing we we get our energy and our attention focused elsewhere and the joy isn't there or, or the joy is stolen from us. And, uh, I think that's also common in church. Wouldn't you say Carissa? Oh, I would absolutely say that that is common in church. And, uh, I, so, you know, the, the end of that story is that I, I donated literally all of our Christmas decorations, except for the tree and the ornaments and a nativity my grandmother made to the church flea market. Got rid of it all. And it was so freeing. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. You didn't realize that you had an idol until you cast it off. Yeah, literally, yeah, literally cast off the idol, like gave it away to somebody who would find joy in it. And my family didn't notice or care. We still had the Christmas tree and the decorations. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, we still have some of those other traditions that we as a family have have fallen into. So, yeah. Well, and if you're living in the present, you you make new traditions and Mm -hmm. you focus on the people around you and what you need right now. Yeah. And that's not to say there's anything wrong with traditions, right? So um, the whole silent night with candles, that's still, I, I, there's not been a year of my life I haven't 
done that one way or the other. And uh, we're even figuring out a way to do that, you know, with recordings from folks from church and other places. I think you're going to help me out with this one. Uh, putting together a virtual congregation, not even a virtual choir, a virtual congregation singing Silent Night, um, put it with video. So folks ha- still have that in some form. And we're also going to stand outside the church. If We're going to keep an eye on numbers around here, but right now it's probably safe to stand outside six feet apart with masks for 10 or 15 minutes um, and sing Silent Night quietly through our masks uh we're going to try not to get too robust we're we're doing the same thing here in freehold and uh, some of our neighboring congregations will do the same thing at the same time in Mm -hmm. front of their churches that'll be lovely i hadn't thought of that i should reach out to to some of the my colleagues um in the area the the plan is to ring our church bells at seven to Mm. all say a prayer the same prayer together ish and then sing. <laughs> I really like that. I think that's quite lovely. I think that's quite lovely. And so you're you're still holding on to this is something that is not it, this silent night is not an idol, but it is a sacred part of our me- memory. Yeah, the 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 thing behind it is not the worship of the past. It is the the love that's shared when we're gathered together. It is a reminder of what we do when we're able to gather and the things that give us joy as we gather. Yeah. And, you know, the history and the story of that particular hymn is a beautiful one. There's claims that it's possibly not completely accurate, and I just don't care if it is or not, frankly, like that, it doesn't matter to me. But the story that accompanies the song Silent Night is such an appropriate one for years like this, too. Um, for those who haven't heard the story, um, the the short version of it is that one year in Christmas um, at this particular church, the organ was broken. Uh, which is something my congregation can sympathize with. And I actually uh, mentioned last year as we sang this to guitar accompaniment. And the pastor of the church asked uh, someone to set this poem he had written to a tune and played on the guitar. And that's where Silent Night was born from. And so it's the song that is born out of let's roll with what we have. Mm. (laughs) Let's take what we've got and roll with it. And I think that that's such a perfect message for a year like this. And and so um, so it's okay to shift that a little bit and hold on to it in a new way. Yeah, and I think, too, it's incumbent on us, because it's Advent and it's time to look within, to look for the places where there has been joy in this year. Uh, it, it is a lot more challenging in 2020 to find those moments of joy. Not everybody gets, gets it gift-wrapped and um, mm-hmm. made plain as I did, but uh, it's there if you look for it. And, and if you are not finding it, and if you are stuck in the doldrums of memories of Christmas past, if you are, if you are finding yourself 
unable to dwell in the present because you want to change something in the past that you know you can't change. That's when it's time to reach out and tell the people who love you, especially your church family, that you are hurting. That's when you raise that flag and someone will remind you that you are not alone in the midst of this time. Yes, that is that is so important. And yeah, what what an, and we we talked a lot about that last week about this idea of reaching out to one another and keeping an eye on each other and I don't think it's um bad to revisit that a little bit today either. I think we all need to remember that so much in this particular year and to look at, you know, tradition isn't there to create joy. The traditions we do are not some magic spell that will make Christmas happen, that will bring the Christmas spirit. They are ways for us to connect to the joy of the past and and to those who've gone before us. So if they are not connecting you to that joy or they are potentially dangerous for some reason like this year getting together on Christmas Eve in your church building is probably dangerous like legit dangerous um I am not being political here folks I am listening to medical advice which is a thing I like to do um but there are other ways we can tap into that joy yes and Again, if you are not feeling it and you don't know where to look for it, look for it in someone else in your congregation. You will find out quickly that you are not alone. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know how much I'll, I don't know where else I can uh, go with that today. I think we're. I I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, we, shall I offer a blessing and then you can pray us out? That would be. Why don't we do that in the other order? And that would be great. How about I pray, you bless, and then we'll. That that sounds good. Head out. All right. Almighty God. Gracious creator of us all, we thank you for this holy season that in the midst of a difficult year, we can be reminded of your goodness, reminded of your love for us, reminded that joy is a choice as much as a feeling or perhaps more than a feeling. We ask that you would help us to see in others the joy in our lives to see in our connections to the past, joy, and to know when it is time to set a tradition down, either temporarily or for good, and move on into a new one that will bring you joy. And we pray all of these things in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'm going to borrow my blessing from the, the first letter to the Thessalonians. Friends, as you gather yourselves and your thoughts and reflect on this crazy calling that we have, 
I say to you, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. Amen. Amen. Uh, hey, Alan, did you know that Frosty started going to the gym and he got jacked, like totally ripped, like six pack and everything? You know what they started calling him, don't you? Jack Frosty? The abdominal snowman. This isn't bringing me joy, Carissa. <laughs> it's bringing me joy, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Soft Idolatry. For show notes and more information, check out our website at softidolatry.com. To send us questions or comments, you can email us at info at softidolatry.com. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please become a patron at www.patreon.com slash softidolatry. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. <laughs>